Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed, tapping into the tips and tricks of great leadership. And this is for new and emerging leaders and people who report to leaders and want to know how they can influence them to be even better. Enjoy. Hello, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. My name is Murray Burgess and today I'm talking about the 10 steps to go from doer to delegator. The leaders I work with describe their delegation abilities as a leadership strength and when they get it really right, they really lift their team. So throughout today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about these 10 10 steps, uh, provide a brief description for each one, talk about my half-day in-house doer-to-delegator workshop and I have a December special for anyone that books me during the December to run one of these workshops. So let's start with the 10 steps to go from doer to delegator. The first one is conduct a task audit. So these are your tasks and identifying all the tasks that you're working on or need to work on. The second step is to conduct a mindset audit. The third step is to talk about clearly uh, articulating outcomes and goals when you do decide to delegate. Fourth step is know your team. What, What are they capable of? Number five Provide stretch opportunities for your team to build their development. Number six, what's efficiency like in your team when you're away? Number seven, do you succession plan? I'm struggling with that word. What succession planning do you have in place? Number eight, how do you celebrate success and how often? Number nine, managing your workload. Do you or don't you? And number 10, do you focus on high-value work? So let's talk a little bit more about these. So have you ever conducted a task audit? And many years ago, there was a term that I used to use for this, and I'm going to bring it back in, and it's called a clean sweep or a mind sweep. And this is where you identify all of the tasks that you are currently working on or have on your to-do list. So this could be tasks today tasks for this week, for this month, for this quarter, for actually for the year. And have you audited these to identify which can be planned for instead of reacted to? And also identify the tasks that you've identified that must be done that actually, when you think about it, really aren't your tasks at all and may belong to a different area of the organisation. And then identifying of all of these tasks you've identified, what can you delegate to your team? So again, a clean sweep, which is a download of everything that's in your brain at the moment about the stuff you have to work on. Step number two, after you've done a task audit, it's really useful to do a mindset audit, which can sound a bit scary, but really just means have you actually ever thought whether or not you're a good delegator? Do you think you're a good delegator? Do you already delegate well? If so, I would love to hear from you. But there's a lot of us that could do way better at delegating. And there's a heap of reasons why we don't delegate. So this is where a mindset audit comes into place. What is preventing you from delegating? The other question you need to ask during a mindset audit is to even identify, would you like to delegate more? Maybe you love doing the doing. However, that could, if that's the case, that could absolutely impact on your performance. Step number three is. When you've done your task audit, you've done your mindset audit, and you've identified, yes, you do want to delegate, then it's a matter of making sure that when you delegate, 
that you clearly articulate the outcomes and goals. So are appropriate performance measures in place to assist those team members who you've delegated to to understand the standards required for this task. Now, standards vary. We have our personal standards. There's the organisational standards. There's a person you've delegated to standards. So you need to make sure that you're in alignment in some way or agreement in some way of what the standard is. So that's number three. Step number four, know your team. Do you know each of your team members well enough to know what their career aspirations are? Why do they do the job they do? Why do they come to work? What do they love doing about their role? Do you understand their individual strengths and abilities? And what is their potential to actually do more or step up? So what what is it that you haven't tapped into yet and could? Or what is is it that you're not even aware of that they could do? We need to really understand who our team is. And certainly one of my bugbears is around when people join an organisation, they're given a job to do, they have a role description or a job description, and that ends up defining them. And we really, really, really tap into what else can you do? Tell us a bit about your background. What have you done in the past? There's so much untapped potential in organisations. And when you become an effective delegator, you can actually tap into this. Step number five, provide stretch opportunities. So following on from understanding your team, once you actually understand what their strengths are or actually what they really like doing, you can give them uh, tasks and projects that stretches their abilities, that will move them out of their comfort zone. Uh, no, hopefully not too far. We don't want to push them into the terror zone, but has moved them a little bit out of their comfort zone so they're learning something new and they're stretching themselves. It's also about if you've pushed someone out of their comfort zone or gently moved them out of their comfort zone, making sure that you provide the support or that there are support mechanisms in place to make those people feel safe to take on that stretch opportunity. And it could be training, it could be some coaching um, that, that you will do to develop each of your team to succeed with these opportunities. There may well be people in your team that can also provide this sort of support for people to succeed at these stretch opportunities. Now, the other thing about stretch opportunities is do you make sure that these are provided to all of your team and not just a select few who you may unwittingly favour? And unless you keep on top of who you're delegating to and what these stretch opportunities are, you may not even have awareness that there's a whole group of people in your team that are not getting the opportunity to do these stretch opportunities. Step number six efficiency when you're away. So what happens when you're away? Does everything just operate seamlessly? You come back, it's like you've never never been away. Uh, when you're away, do you, do you have to take your work phone and laptop so the team can ask you questions? And when you're away, is your boss comfortable that you're not contactable? And then when you return, is there a lot of stuff that requires immediate attention and action? Now, if, if you basically say yes to a lot of that, meaning yes, the team doesn't run efficiently, yes, you do have to take your work phone and laptop, I'm wondering about how you've upskilled and delegated to your team and that's some area, that that may be uh, a very specific area that you need to work on. Step number seven, succession planning. Leading on from efficiency of your team, succession planning is about making sure that you've got people available to step up into your shoes. 
you know, do you uh, have team members capable of doing that if you're away for a period of time? Does your boss know about your succession plans? Do they have their own succession plans for if you're not there, who would do the work? It's really important to make the team feel safe and protected by having those plans in place. It's also another opportunity to create stretch opportunities for people because you're getting people in your team having to step up and be you for a bit. Go to the meetings that you go to, to respond to inquiries that you respond to. Step number eight, celebrating successes. Yes or no? Do you celebrate successes with your team? Do you wait for the conclusion of a project or task before celebrating? Or do you celebrate along the way? Do you consistently recognise and reward performance done well? Now, this is another area during uh, people engagement surveys that is usually marked low, that people, we just don't celebrate success. We might wait for the big bang. We may wait for the big implementation project and then maybe do an afternoon tea or out for drinks or, a, you know, team day or something. We have to get better at celebrating success along the way. What is the small things you can reward and recognise? And this isn't about money or bonuses or anything like that. We can make people feel that they are appreciated in so many ways. Uh, Certainly uh, Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages uh, years ago, talks about how do we feel loved? And it's something I've spoken about for years with my clients. More recently, Gary came together with Paul White and wrote The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, which was really to talk about how do we feel appreciated. So they've sort of moved away from love, which is not generally a word we would use in the workplace, to go how do we feel appreciated at work. So we can celebrate success by understanding what makes people feel appreciated. Step number nine. You don't take work home, yes or no? So if it's yes, great, but do you take work home regularly or do you come into work extra early and leave extra late and that absolutely extends your hours of working? Do you regularly work more hours than the rest of your team? So no, I'm not saying here that everyone should work long hours. I am not a fan of that at all. I'm all about workplace um, flexibility and, and doing the work that needs to be done. And if you find that you are regularly having to take work home or put in those extra hours at work to get through it, then that's alarm bells for me that you're not delegating appropriately. This is about how you can balance that up. And often one of the reasons we don't delegate is because we look at our team and they are so busy that we we can't give them more. So it's a matter of stepping back, doing some high-value thinking and going, How can we do this better so that I'm doing the more strategic focus work supporting my team and we can still do the work that we need to do? And then finally, step number 10 is do you have time to focus on that high value work? Yes or no? Are people constantly interrupting you to ask questions or obtain information? Do you spend too much time in the detail rather than on strategic planning and staff development? Do you find it hard to limit the number of projects you're involved in? Do you find it difficult to say no and are often doing work for others that they should be doing for themselves? Do you become involved in projects 
after you have delegated them to someone else. So with this one, I'm not saying pass the task over and then step away. doesn't mean we can't be involved. It's when we are still as involved as if we were doing the task or project that we haven't got the balance right. We need as a leader, as the manager of a group of people and as their leader, we need to be able to focus on that high-value work. Our role is to develop them to be high-performing and this is really important. So I've covered off the 10 steps to go from doer to delegator. That all comes together in more detail in my in-house half-day workshop. So feel free to contact me and discuss that workshop to go from doer to delegator. This is a very practical session and it provides participants with knowledge, skills and identified actions to become a better delegator. By implementing the actions from the workshop, everyone will uh, have better productivity and they'll get more time back in the day because you'll be delegating more effectively. I have a December special for anyone who books a workshop for delivery in December or the first quarter of 2020. And so anyone booking a workshop over the next three weeks will get a copy of my book, Connecting Us, for each participant of that workshop. And I'll provide the booking person or someone they nominate with an hour of power coaching session with me. And that's normally valued at $880. So today's podcast has been about those 10 steps to go from doer to delegator. I've And, and I'll provide a little description of, of each one. And of course, I do have a half day in-house doer to delegator workshop, which I would love to come to your organisation and roll out to your team. And don't forget, I've got that December special. If you book in December, you will every participant will get a copy of my book, Connecting Us, and an hour of power coaching session with me to achieve one specific goal. So contact me to find out about that pre-Christmas special if you're interested. I would love to work with you and mention this podcast for the special offer. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or on your social media feeds and help others learn how to be great leaders. Or if you're in a team, what a great leader looks like and how you can help develop that. If you know of someone that you think I should interview, please let me know via my website. Thanks.